Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to our new Big Squid production, Space Podacy, a 10-part limited series where comedian Ben Elwood and I discuss some of our favourite science fiction movies. This week, we get creepy and crawly with the cult classic, Under the Skin. I hope you're well and thank you very much for checking in with us today. This is technically part two of our science fiction limited series Space Bodicey, but don't be confused because I know you heard a two-part episode last week, but that was technically episode one. It just ended up being so long that I broke it into two. So I don't know. That's kind of what happens when you start with 2001 A Space Odyssey. Turns out there is stacks of heaps of things to discuss. (laughs) So... Even though that was a two-parter, that was technically episode one, and this is technically episode two. I'm just pointing this out because I'm sure someone will write to me and say, have you had a stroke and forgotten what you did last week? No, I'm on top of it. For once. (laughs) Just just this once. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, I'm very excited to discuss this movie, The Wonderful Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. If you've never seen this before, it's really worth checking out, but... You know, maybe you'll be a little bit on the fence. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you don't really know enough about it. You can always just have a listen to the podcast and hear what we have to say. Maybe we'll give you the inspiration to check it out. Maybe our enthusiasm will propel you along. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to you hearing this episode. Uh, As you might be aware, we've launched a Patreon for Big Squid. Whichever tier you sign up for, you can receive bonus podcasts, scripts, early looks at new segments and all types of stuff. We're only a couple of weeks into the launch, so if you'd like to contribute to our work here, we'd love to have you along for the ride. And also, when you sign up, you also get an episode dedicated to you. And this episode shout out goes to my friend Liz, who lives down in Tasmania. Oh my Lord, I've known Liz for a long time, like... 
Liz was a young girl who used to listen to me when I hosted Triple J Mid-Dawns, those god-awful <laughs> radio shows. Not awful in what you had to do, but they would start at like midnight, I think, and go all the way through till 6am. Maybe it was maybe it was even 1 till 6. I can't quite remember. And they used to, uh, they'd knock you for a loop. The first couple of times, you're so excited and you're trying to learn how to panel and you're trying to learn how to panel and talk and you're trying to learn how to talk and you're trying to learn how to answer the phones and keep everything rolling and then you kind of start to work it out and they were hard work and you would get mostly nice people ringing you. You would always get truck drivers (laughs) calling saying, hey mate, I haven't slept in four days. I'm in the middle of the (laughs) Nullarbor. Can you play some Metallica? And you'd have to say... It's just not the right station for it. But uh, Liz used to call me and she used to do it with her sister and they would call me at all hours and they would have these very quiet conversations with me because they were quite clearly not meant to be awake. But they'd always check in and have a little chat and see how I was going. And then uh, I finally met them at gigs in Brisbane and we used to catch up anytime I was in town. Uh, Back in the day when I used to perform in Brisbane quite a bit actually at the sit-down comedy club. So uh, I met Liz and her sister there and we became pals and now she's down in Hobart with her delightful partner, Jared. She's also been raising money for 10lives.com.au, taking her cat Trumbull for walks and she's just good people, even though I find it really difficult to follow her Instagram feed because it really makes me want a cat. I'd love a cat. I'm not allowed to have a cat in uh, this apartment I used to not have an animal because, you know, I used to be on the road all the time and then suddenly I was at home and then I'm not allowed to have a cat. Anyway, I'd like a cat. (laughs) I'd like a dog. I'd like an alpaca. I'd like to have a lot of animals, actually. But, you know, the cat seems the, you know, the one that I would probably have the most chance of not messing up. So, anyway, bit of a tangent, but... uh, the main thing I want to say is, Liz, thank you for all of your support. Uh, thank you for keeping me company on those lonely nights at Triple J. Thank you for taking me to delicious restaurants when I'm down in Hobart. Uh, you're one of the best, and I hope you're well. Right. I hope you've packed warm clothes because we're about to head to Scotland where an extraterrestrial drives around attempting to lure unsuspecting men into her van. Once there. She seduces them before sending them into another dimension where they are nothing more than meat. But the more time she spends here, the more she begins to change, and not necessarily for the better. This is Scarlett Johansson in Under the Skin. Me. 
before we get into the movie, uh, you were just telling me, and I thought, why, why, why waste this when we have microphones here? You were just telling me that you're really worried that someone very close to you has tuberculosis. <laughs> And when I say very close to you, uh, your avatar. My avatar in Red Dead Redemption 2. So I have uh, avoided video games for probably the last decade because I was a foul video game user, as addicted to them as I was to anything else. Oh, really? Oh, real bad. Real bad. Just, you know, hours, hours, hours every day. What were your games? Um, Well, I grew up with the N64. So Super Mario, Zelda, all those things, and then graduated to... Xbox and all right. that stuff. I used to take my Xbox to parties in my early 20s so that I could party and play GTA at the same time. Oh, <laughs> like it wow. was really right. fucked up. And so about 10 years ago, I got rid of them. Uh, and then this lockdown, I've just been, you know, 18 hours a week is a long time. Yeah. And so begrudgingly bought an Xbox One. Going on fine, it'll fill a couple of hours a day. Bought Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm on it maybe eight, nine hours a day. <laughs> wow. And over the last, I would say, four or five weeks, I think I resonate more with that artificial life than I do with my real life. Like yeah. When I wake up in the morning, all I can think about is what I have to do in, in the game. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if you, you've never played the game, it's a full recreation of the Old West in the 1890s. Right. It's five different states. Louisiana, Texas, New Orleans. Right. Like it's... it's uh, and. You can't. I can't even describe the level of detail. It is beyond anything. There's, okay. There's a 200 different species of animals in the world. Some of them are nocturnal. Some of them are in the day. Some of them only appear in different regions of the map. Some of right. them are really hard to find. Um, on and on. Your, your horse's testicles shrink when you go into the snow. That's the level of detail in this game. Wow. <laughs> How do you know that? Well, you'd see his balls go hunk like that as oh. soon as you go into the snowy mountains. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> his tail flopped up and I saw his balls retract. I was like, whoa, they thought of everything. Wow. Um, and so the game is such that you can exist in this world without even really doing missions. So I've logged about 60 hours in this game and I'm not even halfway through the story because I just go and ride my horse and yep. pick flowers and I'm, I'm, I currently hunted orchids recently. Um, what, what, what did you get for finding orchids? Well, a, a, a rich man in the, the town of St. Denis uh, is an orchid collector and oh. so I've gone and found them for him and he gives me money for the orchids. Right. Which is I that- can which I can then go and take to the general store to buy gun oil, to oil my pistols, yeah. uh, herbs to make my meat more delicious. Right. So is that is that peaceful, looking for orchids? Y- yeah. That, and that's why I'm saying I resonate, I've resonated with it. It's, it's a game that I couldn't have st- stood to play at any other time in my life. But the slow pace of it and, and the fact that it's quite realistic. You know, you can say I'm, I'm off to look for a panther pelt, for instance, to make a new bag. But it's not like you just ride out and find a panther. You've got to track the panther, look for the panther. Right. And sometimes after two or three hours, you haven't even found the panther. But there's no part of you that's... It's not like that mission-based game thing where it's like, got to complete the objective. Right. Like when you... After two or three hours of not finding the panther, it's actually quite calming because you're like, well, that's that's how to be in real life. Yeah. You're not always going to stumble across a panther. It's fine. I'll ride back to camp and play dominoes with my friends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wow. So it's it's fully immersive. But then this morning, I noticed in a cutscene, my character's been developing a really nasty cough. Mm. And in a cutscene, he looks a lot more gaunt than usual. And I'm starting to think that he's got tuberculosis. Oh, no. And I'm really, like, I'm really stressed out. And I messaged my friend this morning going, does Arthur die? And he just goes, I'm not saying a word. Which makes me think, yeah, he fucking dies. And I've invested all this time into this character 
buying him clothes, growing his moustache out, and now I think he's going to die, and that's out of my control, and I don't know what happens when he dies. I don't know if that means I lose everything that I've gained. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I'm really, like, I'm really, really stressed out. Did you call your avatar Arthur? His name is Arthur. Okay. His name's Arthur. Right. But you customise him. You can give him any haircut you want. Yeah. It's it's a sick world we're living in, Justin. (laughs) I don't know. Can't you get, like... wasn't there a cure for tuberculosis then? Well, I mean, I live a pretty rough life, yeah. Right. Like, I live, you know, in a bivouac outside of town. I'm also an outlaw. So, it's not like I can just ride into town and go uh, and see a doctor. Like, yeah. I'm wanted in most counties. Right. Yeah. Can't you go in and, like, <laughs> hold up a doctor and say, treat my TB? You probably could in this game. Yeah. The other day, I stumbled across an old hut and there was a, um, a husband and wife in there and they invited me in for a meal. Uh, and it turned out they were actually brother and sister. Right. And they drugged me and stole all my money. This is the level of, like, it's just insane. It's oh insane. Oh, my God. The other day, I stumbled across the clan. Uh, and they were lighting crucifixes, and then one of them accidentally set their own robes on fire. And so you're just standing there watching them all running around on fire, which all was right. fucking hilarious. So, you know, <laughs> one one minute it's like, you know, unforgiven, and the next it's Oh Brother, Where Out yeah, There. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of Oh Brother, Where Out There vibes in it, and Buster Scruggs vibes in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Really funny kind of uh, take on the Old West. Far out. It's uh, it's outstanding. Yeah. The, you know, I, the only reason I'm not into video games is just because I'm obsessive. So yeah. I just, you know, like from a young age, I just made a, made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to get into any type of religion. I wasn't going to get mm-hmm. into any types of hard drugs and I wasn't going to get into video games. It's a good choice. <laughs> it's a good choice because they do become all consuming. Uh, yeah. And there's a re- as I say, there's a reason that I gave them up. Yeah. But, you know, hey, the world's falling apart and uh, suddenly riding your horse around the Old West seems like a really nice alternative no, to looking at the COVID stats and staring into the middle distance. Oh, well, you know, as of today, we're like, this is early September, and they're saying that we're going to be opening in uh, 14th or 15th of October, no matter what. Great. And that's awesome. Looking forward to it. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> I've never looked forward to my freedoms more. Yeah. Bubble Brothers are back. 2021, the tour continues through this space policy. Uh, today it is Under the Skin. Actually, yes! when did you first see this film? Did you see it at the I cinema? S- no, I saw it in when it, the year it came out, 2015. Yeah. Uh, but I watched it at home and I hated it. I hated it the first time I saw it. Ah. And I've subsequently seen it six or seven times. Yeah. And I adore this movie. I think it's one of the... I think it's a true masterpiece. Okay, so first of all... What made you come back to it? Because if you normally hate yep. a film... Like, I, I understand that. Like Sometimes I've watched films and thought, did I just miss the point to that? Or yep. did I was I in the wrong mood for it? Yeah. Um, th- this is the most literally titled film of all time. Yeah. It literally got under my skin. And I could not stop thinking about it yeah. for months. You know, like I had a really visceral reaction to it the first time. Yeah. You know, just don't. You know, I, I can't even remember if I thought it was boring or I just it made me feel gross or whatever it was. It was just like fuck this movie, uh, and then just certain images, which yeah. uh, you know, if anyone's seen the movie, you'll know what images I'm talking about. Without me even having to say it, yeah. Um, just couldn't shake it, couldn't yeah. shake it, and so begrudgingly kind of went. Oh, maybe it was, maybe it was me. Yeah, and that's often the way. I mean, we talked about two thousand and one last week. I think a lot of people have a similar experience with that movie the first time. It's so 
different from anything you're used to mm. that unless you're kind of on board straight away, you could kind of blanch against it and go, oh, what? Yeah, all right. Why are we, why are we watching this thing spin for 20 minutes? Fuck. Yeah. Let's go. Let's hurry yeah. up. Where's the story? Um, and, you know, there's so much of under the skin that's abstraction that mm. if you're not willing to go there at the time, you know, you could... At any rate, I recognized that it was probably me. And so I put it on again and from that time on just buzzed. And I probably watch this movie every, at least every year, if not a yeah. couple of times a year. I, I just think it's, I, I think it's the true successor to 2001. Yeah. In terms of tone and in terms of pacing and yeah. in terms of ambiguity, people often talk about, you know, what movie is the direct, you know, daughter or son of... Uh, 2001, and I don't think you need spinning spaceships and all the rest for it to be the true successor. I think this in tone reminds me so much of 2001. Okay, I, I have a question very much about that that I really want to kick off with, but let's just, before we do that, let's just uh, hit some of the uh, new segments that we have for this uh, for this podcast. So the top question on Google <laughs> for the film. By the way, I agree with you on that, and that, that I want to get to that later. Yeah, yeah. But I thought you uh, would appreciate this. So now and again, I'll just kind of Google, put it in, and just see what questions come up. And this one made me laugh. Top question for Under the Skin <laughs> is, what is the point of Under the Skin? <laughs> um, and the answer is, the title Under the Skin is a crucial clue to what's happening in the movie. It gets at the idea of looking beneath the surface at going beyond appearance it's similar to the popular idiom don't judge a book by its cover a book with a great cover could contain an underwhelming story <sighs> anyway i thoroughly enjoyed reading that i was laughing a lot and i knew that you would sigh it's and- an interpretation sure but yeah, yeah. Okay. But I guess Thanks, Google. I guess anyone who is asking what is the point of under the skin is probably going to be wrapped with that response. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Right. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I feel like if you're the person that types what is the point of under the skin into under the skin you did not enjoy under the skin. Yeah, and so you you'll be fine with that. Yeah. You'll just go, "Oh yeah, nah. Well, I really wish I hadn't judged the cover with hot Scarlett Johansson and thought I was going to get something <laughs> You know, like showgirls or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I didn't realise I'd be sinking into a pool of black tar. <laughs> yeah, where, where humans are meat bags that are kept for consumption later yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, our uh, next segment is first context. Mm-hmm. So these are just I've just picked some of the movies that came out uh, around the film. Mm-hmm. So we could go to twenty ten. Inception, mm-hmm. 2011, Melancholia, 2012, mm-hmm. Prometheus, 2013, Snowpiercer. I had this movie as coming out as 2014. I think it's like a 2014, 2015, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Australia maybe, maybe Northern Hemisphere yes. kind of thing. Uh, 2015, Ex Machina, uh, 2016, Arrival, 2017, Blade Runner, 2049. And mm, they are just... Great run. Like, they are just random sci-fi movies that I just went through and picked. And it's like... It's a real golden era for was, sci-fi, I, isn't uh, it? Yeah, I was saying to you on the phone the other day, the the 2010s yeah. is for the kind of low to mid-budget sci-fi film. Yeah. I, maybe one of the great eras of... There's so many great little movies. There's a couple... There's one called Time Crimes, a Spanish sci-fi time travel movie. Right. Micro-budget, fucking brilliant. Right. There's another one called Coherence, 
which oh yeah is, you mentioned I've, that to yeah, me the other it's, day it's basically just a, a talking heads movie dinner party yeah uh, I won't tell you what happens but it is made for five cents and it's excellent right coherence yeah great yeah, right. yeah great era for sci-fi why do you reckon it is 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 it um, is it a combination of maybe special effects are pretty phenomenal mm. these days, but also we live in a sci-fi world? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's that. And I think a lot of these high concept ideas are kind of in the zeitgeist now. And, oh, yeah. and, and you know, you talk to kids now and they've got a pretty great working understanding of multiverse theory, which is something that took me till I was 25 to even conceptually wrap my head around. Oh. I told you on the phone the other day, I watched uh, The Matrix with a seven-year-old one time. Yeah. Uh, and I was 20 when I first saw The Matrix and didn't fucking have a clue what was going on. Flash forward, whatever it was, 15 years, watching with a seven-year-old, halfway through the movie, she turns to me and goes, oh, it's really easy to tell where they are because when they're in The Matrix, everything's green and when they're in the real world, everything's blue. Well, there you go. You got it. (laughs) You're seven. You understood something that I took till I was 30 to get. Yeah, on my 17th rewatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, she grew up in a time where the idea of virtual reality and simulated realities and, you know, going into these other worlds is just, that's a given. Yeah. That's that's not something you have to conceptually wrap your head around. It's crazy. Look, we have banged on about this before, but the fact that the multiverse Mm. is a regularly spoken about yep. concept yep. that people who watch the CW TV shows can understand. Totally. And, you know, no one, like, that is, when we get frustrated with the proliferation and ubiquitousness of Marvel movies, and a lot of that is warranted, especially with the way that it strangles anything else being mm, made for yeah. us to, you know, really enjoy. Mm. But it is a success that, like, even going back to the start, making Iron Man a, an arms dealer work as a hero in the era that it came out, followed by an American super soldier, followed by a guy who speaks in faux Shakespearean language, mm. who ends up in you know, all end up in the same movie, it's easy to take that for granted that, like, you forget that that was insane at the time. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And and then then all this multiverse stuff, it's like all these concepts that, you know, this is how we became infected with it through comics and now it's through comic book movies. I I guess the problem... I guess the problem is, is what we need now is now that the ideas are more commonplace, now we need the interesting people in the shadows to do fun stuff with it. Yeah, and I think that's where the kind of renaissance of um, sci-fi in the the 2010s and now into the 2020s is that kind of well for this stuff, you know. Um, You know, that movie I was saying about Coherence, Mm. that's a movie about parallel realities and multiverse nearly a decade before it was ever mentioned in um, the Strange. Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's and it's done in a really interesting, low-budget way. That, right. You know, I mean, the Shane Carruth's movies are like that. Primer. Yeah. Um, Upstream Color. Yeah. You know, they're exploring some very high-concept stuff but in a very abstract way. Um, and I think it's the same with Under the Skin. Um, again, going back to that idea of it's the true successor of 2001, this is another movie that is very different for me every time I watch it. Yeah. It's open-ended enough that, you know, you can have some pretty diverse um, readings of it based yeah. on where you are at your life. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Mm. Uh, 
also, uh, just to finish up this uh, this next segment, the year that was. So once again, I have just picked out literally uh, the movies that I saw that came out that year that mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And that includes Captain America, The Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Edge of Tomorrow, Guardians of the Galaxy, Predestination, and Interstellar. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a great year. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. that is yeah. insane, yeah. right? And that's not including movies like, I've never seen Big Hero 6, but I know that is a beloved oh, film yeah. that lots of people are into. Yeah, Baby's First Experience with Depression, that movie. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, if they'd named it that, I would have seen it at the cinema. Uh, and then there are also films that, like, I need to point out, I'm not into these, but also that same year, you get Godzilla, you get The Purge, Anarchy, you get X-Men Days of Future Past. Like you- Days of Future Past was the best X-Men movie of all, I thought. Uh, do you include Logan? I didn't like Logan. You didn't like Logan? Mm, yeah. What? I just didn't care for it. Really? No. Why not? Don't know. Logan? Didn't like it. <laughs> I've, you know what? I've got a weird uh, Pentecostal distaste for superheroes swearing. I don't know why. Whenever I hear a superhero swear, I'm like, oh, come on. Don't. I don't need to hear Professor X say fuck. Right. Yes. Okay. Look, I... <laughs> that is actually a good point. I I do find that a little bit like as it. well. No, 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 no. No, I, I totally get that. I totally... And, I I'm have a prolific, and I'm a prolific swearer. Love swearing. But yeah. I don't... You know, it's it always seems to me whenever I see hear, hear a superhero swear, it's like the writer going, "See, this ain't for fucking kids anymore." Right, right, yeah, Logan no, 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 said fuck. yeah, no, no, no. I totally get that, but I completely disagree with you because I think that film is great. That's okay, uh, but I but I do agree with you about superhero swearing normally, oh, and, I, and I feel like there is a. Uh, I wonder if it's this is why. See, this is where you and I split again. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I watched the first episode of The Boys, yeah. and it was just like, oh, I've gone through this. I've gone through yeah, this yeah, era yeah. of. Wouldn't it be crazy if Superman was an asshole? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like, yeah, and I've moved so far beyond that that when I watch that, and now people are like, oh, it's crazy. I go, is it? See, I, I, I like, I liked the boys, but I think it was very much a set and setting. It yeah. was, it was towards the end of last lockdown, or whatever. The world was just shit, and I yeah. was in peak nihilistic mood. Yeah, I'd put that on. It was like this is fi-, like it, it's the kind of because I'm, I'm, I'm with you in the, the my distaste for Mark Miller. I do not like it. Yeah. at all. It's yeah. gross. It's grubby, but I really, I really enjoyed the boys because it was just. Oh, it hang was, on, isn't it, that it, Garth Ennis? Garth Ennis, yes, but yeah, but that whole aesthetic, that, I'm yeah, kind of yeah. not into it. Yeah, but I, I like the the bo- the boys is uh, flagrantly showing off that it is certainly not for children. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, so it kind of knows what it is. Whereas you know, similar when Batman at the end of. Justice League goes, oh, no. I'll kill you and be sure I will fucking kill you. Like, oh, yeah, all right, Batman. Man. Yeah, you said fucking God. Yeah. And you enunciated it the way a 10-year-old swears. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. good, good. Yeah. <laughs> very, very mature. No, I totally, <laughs> but I, I totally, I totally get that. I totally, especially, yeah, all right. No, I have to say, I totally agree. And it always takes me out of the movie with that Awful. kind of stuff. But I kind of felt like... For me, the Wolverine, and I don't want to go too far into this because this is about under the skin, but the, 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 the Wolverine to me is almost close to a perfect 
movie if you just finish like I've, I think I've, I've said yeah, this to yeah, you before the if they finish with the samurais yeah. fighting 99 ninjas but that's how I felt about Black Widow as well like it would have been good if she w- was trying to inject all the other Black Widows to yeah, stop yeah, them yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway whatever so uh, th- but that's interesting yeah superhero swearing is oh. one of those things where you go like this is for kids yeah come on guys like like to me that, and that's and sorry, that's what I like about the boys is that it's not trying to uh, turn Superman into a badass. It's yeah. like no, here's this adjacent reality where these guys are just assholes, and you yeah. can explore that concept in a way that isn't throwing feces at these beloved yeah hundred year old characters. Let's yeah. just fucking come on. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally into that. By the way, what do you think the overlap? for Scarlett Johansson fans was for Under the Skin and Captain America that year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've always wondered that. Oh, let's go see the new ScarJo movie. Ah! <laughs> like, like, you'd have a nervous breakdown, wouldn't you? Oh, you'd have to be... I, I always think about, oh, my God, this... You know, there's weird things that haunt you. And I remember seeing Deadpool with my friend Amy at the cinema we had a really good time and then we turned around and there was this older lady there with maybe e- either either she was a, an older mum or she was a grandmother. But uh, anyway, with uh, quite a young boy. Yeah. And I was, I, 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 was I just felt haunted because I was like, <laughs> you could see the look in her eyes of what has just happened. Yeah. He likes superhero movies. And there was a part of me is like, how did you get this boy in here? Like, didn't someone... Sort of say, yeah. hey, yeah. this is R-rated. I, she must have maybe done it online and then, you know, no one's paying attention. Every kid I know seen Deadpool. Yeah. They've all seen it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Deadpool. I don't like the kids have seen it. I don't Again, like the kids have seen it. it's my weird Pentecostal thing where no. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, I, I don't think any kids should be seeing stuff with too much. Like, I would, but I they're don't going like, to, right? If it's all over to. every bus and, it looks yeah. like, and he looks like every other superhero and he's, and he's interacting with the X-Men, of yeah. course kids are going to see it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get out of this yes, uh, yes, superhero yes, cul-de-sac, uh, which is very easy to do. Um, so getting back to your comment about tonally uh, the movie fitting in with the idea of 2001, mm. the opening to me felt very much like the entering down the, into the monolith, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And it's such a... Ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba, oh, ba-ba-ba. One of the most haunting openings of a movie ever. Yeah, and I I don't think it lasts that long, but it mm. feels like it's so immersive, isn't it? Mm. Just and then there's because for a long time you're just thinking, what is happening mm. here? And then it's <laughs> like, I like even looking at parts of the eye from that weird angle that you've never thought to look at the eye yeah. from is yeah, yeah, like yeah. immediately it makes your, your skin a bit tingly yeah and that soundtrack i yeah. mean you know i'm sure we'll get to the soundtrack but i mean has there ever been a better soundtrack matched with visuals it's just it's it's one of those perfect symbiosis where it's like the the score is as essential to this film as yes. the visuals yes you know, there's so much of her character expressed in the score. Yes. That praying mantis, terrifying, predatory, but still weirdly sexual. It's, yeah. It's an incredible... I mean, I listen to that score all the time, which yeah, is probably... Oh, which is probably reflective of why I'm always on edge sitting at home listening to the under, skin, under the skin score. Right. <laughs> right. This is explaining a lot. Wee, wee, wee. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a very specific soundtrack. It's yeah, it's It's funny because... Many of the great soundtracks that suit 
movies are so well known that it like you take it for granted mm-hmm. like like Jaws mm-hmm. like that's perfect mm-hmm. like that sums up you know mm-hmm. like a character of what's going on in the yep. film uh, but because this film flies underneath the radar the soundtrack is yeah, you can feel it on the back of your neck. Oh, it's just Mika Levy. What a fucking legend. Good on you for just thinking, I just need to chill out. I'll put on the Under the Skin soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I used to, when I used to sit at Sushi Train, I'd listen to the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack on my uh, headphones. Why am I anxious? Yeah, I can't work it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, is... Uh, and I've done a whole lot of looking into the, the book that it's based on as well. So we'll avoid all of that kind of thing But uh, until later on. But is the alien doing the job because she's being told to or is she doing it because she enjoys her work? Because that, that, And the motorcycle guy, mm. I'm fascinated by that dude because it kind of suggests she has little agency. Yeah, I think that she's hired hand and I think that... It seems inevitable that these agents, or whatever you want to call them, these alien praying mantises that are sent out to harvest meat, yeah, uh, it seems evident from the early on scene that it is only inevitable that these agents eventually access some kind of humanity or yeah. compassion or something yeah. and it's only a matter of time before their expiration date kicks off because yeah. there's a sequence obviously there's the sequence at the beginning where he pulls someone out of the bushes dumps her in the van yeah. and, and Scarlet takes her clothes and becomes the new the new whatever yeah. under the skin alien uh, but there's a scene right in the middle where she's just standing there and he's just circling her yeah. staring into her eyes yeah. and they make a real point of him staring deeply into her eyes yeah. and I always read that as he's looking for that the weakness yes you've, you've caught the, the disease of humanity or yeah. you know you've suddenly caught the, the, the sickness of compassion and yeah. we need to put you down before you get to that place because you'll risk the entire operation yeah yeah um, yeah yeah and so that's I, why they that, that's why then there's a few of them isn't there and then they're panicking because they're like don't know when she's gone off track oh and that incredible shot where four of them leave the same point and they kid around about and all four just <laughs> yeah. go off in different directions yeah like just this full spectrum search um but no to me i read it as she is she doesn't have much agency no she she is um kind of a blank slate yeah she has a mission Yep. And she will serve the mission until she can no longer serve the mission and she'll be replaced. Yeah. It is a... Yeah, it's almost like uh, she is the worm on the hook. For, uh, 100%. The, you know... Oh, my God. Uh, sorry, uh, we've got the test back and you have a full-blown case of empathy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, listen to the Under the Skin soundtrack on repeat. And uh, once you feel a bit anxious, we'll let you back out. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting because the this movie I feel works very much like 2001 again it works more the more you see it yes because there's stuff that you can't know the first time they're, one of the most chilling cuts in the whole movie is the first guy that she picks up and he's quite a nice guy mm. he's the guy he, she asks for directions yeah. and, and he's you know he's like he's obviously into her and he's obviously like whoa I can't believe this beautiful woman maybe yeah. something will happen yeah 
They're driving along. It's a two shot of them. And then suddenly it's just a jump cut. Bang. And she's alone. In yep. the, and unless you know what has happened to him, yeah. you kind of just don't even really notice it. It's like, yeah. oh, he's not in the car anymore. When right. you know... It's yeah. one of, I remember the first, I think the second time I watched the movie with that cut, I remember audibly going, oh, yuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, he's done. He's gone. He is <laughs> hanging up. He's meat. Yeah. It's, there is, I totally agree with you that it is a movie that sort of reveals more of itself yeah. with uh, with each viewing. I've, yes. I've probably seen it four times now, I yeah. think. so. And the arc of her discovery of her compassion becomes a lot more obvious yes. the more you see it. Because yes. you see little little notes along yes. the way. Um, and I think the easy reading of it is that it's the man with the facial deformities. No, it starts happening before. I've got it starts some, happening way before then. Yeah, I've got some stuff uh, coming up about that. Okay, Because so, right. I have yeah. a theory on that. Yeah, as well. great, great. Um, so, uh, who you know the dead woman at the start of the film. Yes. So, is it possible that that was a different alien who took on that body? Or is she... Is she possibly... Uh, th- this is probably unanswerable, by the way. But is it possibly the same person who keeps going down and when they get... It looks a lot like her, doesn't it? it, it you know, there's a similar kind of look going. So does the alien then have to return and be, you know, cleansed? You know, given the Karen Silkwood iron brush, you know, get all the <laughs> get all the humanity off it and then send it back down kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've even got to wonder if... She, yeah, um... Or if she's just, you know, churned into meat with everyone else, like you serve no purpose anymore. Yeah. It definitely feels like the, I mean, you, I, I don't even know if you could say these aliens have genders or if they've adopted genders based on their time on Earth. Oh, yeah. But the motorcycle men, are the, they're in charge. Yeah. and They're it clearly running the show. And it also, this time around, and this, once again, this could just be because of what I'm reading and watching at the moment and the stuff that I'm interested in, it feels less like... Aliens who turned up in a spaceship and more high dimension folding down into oh, yeah, our right. world. Yeah, That's yeah. how I felt. That's why it's almost like that light at the start is, okay, we're creating this form for you to, you know, fit into. Sure. Yeah, right. So that, that, but I had not thought that before. Yeah, this was yeah, yeah. with this uh, viewing that I was like, oh, I wonder if that's kind of, you know. Again, why it's a great movie because you can put a lot into it uh, depending on where you're at. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's why you keep coming back to these films because yeah. it's oh, I can I can add something else to this. Yep. Uh, the title of the movie, of course, is a fun pun about looking beneath the surface, especially for people who don't who want to know what's it about? What's mm, the point? Mm. Uh, there's the alien masquerading as a woman. There's the motorcycle rider who is essentially a Mr. Wolf style fixer. Mm. There's the everyday people and what they have going on in their world. Uh, the first hour of this film is... Uh, like I find the first hour of the film actually weirdly positive because <laughs> she's going around but because they're not actors because yeah. they're real people yeah. it actually shows you that pe- people for the most part are quite nice yeah, they're all right they're <laughs> Do you know all right. what I mean? like <laughs> yeah 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 even the, even the one guy who's like really like oh come about to get laid yeah <laughs> like he's still kind of just like he's he's sitting back just letting it organically unfold <laughs> like it's scarlett johansson like you can't like for like we can say oh that's acting and men are predators etc and you know and there is there is good reason to be negative about that but I've got to be honest, if Scarlett Johansson pulled up in a car and asked me for directions and said, do you want to get in? I like I don't necessarily think anything was going to happen, but I would be wrapped to be up close 
to her for a bit longer and yeah, have of a course, chat. Of course, I, and I don't, but I don't. I don't think the men are ever depicted as predators. No, I think no, there's no. One, there's, the, the, there's the one guy that, that she meets at the um, club who's a fucking gronk. Oh, the yeah. guy that's like dancing yeah, as he's yeah, sinking yeah. into the goose. Yeah. Um, like he's a piece of shit. But you know, for the most part, I, I actually think it's quite a compassionate depiction mm. of that side of mask of, of men. Yeah. You know, like clearly a bunch of them just want to get laid, but they're not like. They're just kind of like a situation has presented itself and they're just going with the flow. They're not, you know, I mean, even some of them even express a profound hesitancy when they arrive at that weird house. Oh, yeah. Like you can see they're kind of like, oh, is this, I don't know. But, you know, like, um, I mean, I think it's hilarious that they're literally walking dick first into the ooze. I mean, who who of us hasn't been there before? Yeah. But also, (laughs) there's something about society where. It's okay to want to have yes. sex. That's yeah, fine. Like we, 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 it's this weird puritanical thing that suddenly happened now, yeah. where there's all this, you know, it's 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 so weird the society. There's this dichotomy between you know, like don't yuck my yum, you know, all all proclivities are acceptable and great and everything. But at the weird, at the same time, this weird kind of like you know, dirty, dirty yuck. Yeah, like that doesn't actually match up. That's causing this kind of weird schism. Yeah. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of people that suddenly have a lot of weird religious shame about sexuality or sexual feelings these days, which is very... Like, I didn't think that that's what would happen in the 21st century. Like, it's really normal to fuck. Yeah. It's okay. And want to fuck. Yeah. And that's literally the prime directive of our entire fucking species. And if if two people look at each other and say, oh, yeah, (laughs) let's have sex. Go for it. Fucking go for gold, Silver Sovereign. Yeah. But but it's also... But there's also, uh, within this first hour, there are the people who are just enjoying football together. There's the women applying makeup and just having kind of bonding experiences uh, who, um, you know, even... Like, even the horrific scene of the woman trying to save the dog and the husband, you know, all of that. But that, that is still people caring and yes. trying to do their best and it, like so you know a lot of that first hour even though she's an alien and she's you know looking for fast food mm-hmm. I'm still everyone around it I find it quite uplifting in a, in a weird yeah, kind no, of way no, man. Yeah. yeah yeah. I mean even those uh, when she arrives at that club the 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 hen's night or whatever it is yeah. that group of drunken women oh that, yeah they're just kind of like yeah hey, come with us you know and it's <laughs> yeah. and it's quite <laughs> oppressive and a bit presumptuous but their but attention is you know hey fucking you look lost come and party with us and yeah and who hasn't like i've been overseas and like not known anyone and mm. suddenly someone's like hey why don't you have a drink with us oh, okay. and, you have, and you hang out for a couple of hours and you have a really good time and you never see each other again but you had a super great experience yeah, yeah. yeah. uh yeah, you're right. It is. I actually, you're right. It is a deeply compassionate movie. View of humanity in many ways. Yeah, it really yeah. is. In you know, and just the kind of, and not the obvious stuff like in that beautiful montage. And I and I think that's the montage where she suddenly clicks into some kind of awareness. Right. I think it's. Uh, it's it's just before the midpoint of the movie where I don't know if you like the music swells and it's just yeah. grabs of people sitting at a bus stop, two women talking while smoking cigarettes. It's nothing remarkable. Yeah, it's not like you know, oh, the the, the best of humanity. It's just pretty basic humanity yeah. but it's the, the the score behind it and um, the way it's shot and then the way it merges into that beautiful gold and red abstract montage there's um yeah i think he's really highlighting the uh the 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 um 
that golden thing. Yeah. Whatever it is in, yeah. in, in people. Yeah. They, and, and once again, because of social media and because of the people who are in charge and all the bullshit that we see in the world, uh, it, it's easy to forget that at their basic core, regardless of flaws, people are fucking nice. Well, we, I mean, we've talked about this before in, in this, literally using the example of, you know... If you fell over in the street, chances are someone will help you. Well, yeah. guess what? Yeah. She falls over in the street yeah. and that happened for real. Oh, yeah. I've got that, some stuff on that. not staged. She tripped yeah. over in the street, yeah. you know, within the context of filming a scene. Yeah. And those people helping her are real yeah. people. Yeah. I've got some stuff on that, which yeah. is... Re- reading about this is uh, really fascinating. You know, I've... Um, uh, I told you about how I got mistaken for a Virginia Tech <laughs> American football coach. Yeah. And... Uh, for, for anyone for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, because I don't know if I'll have mentioned it anywhere, but I've, I've been mistaken for a Virginia Tech American football coach, and I received all these lovely messages on Twitter on the weekend, and there were so many, I had to reply, hey, I really appreciate it, but I'm not that coach, but I will accept the accolades, uh, you know... Uh, Go team, you know, blah, blah, blah. Put yeah. up a gif of Friday Night Lights, Coach Taylor, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thought that would be the end of it. And then all these people really dug it. And they just started writing to me and <laughs> telling me, so I know who the quarterback is. I know who the, you know, the left tackle is. All this kind of stuff. And, and it, everyone's been so sweet. Yeah. And, and, you know... Now they're trying to get me on the local radio station as a fan and guys offered me, hey, if you can get to Virginia, I've got a spare ticket. You can come and oh, watch with me. And it's and it has actually been quite joyful. Mm. And it's funny, these people in Virginia who have no idea who I am, who, by the way, I love that they looked at my Twitter picture, saw a version of me that looks like it's in the style of Watchmen eating beans with a big picture of Interstellar and went, yep, that's our coach. But... <laughs> They've been so sweet and they've been so nice and it is the complete uh, opposite to what people write to me about the Australian show that I work on, Question Everything, where people just abuse me oh, for God. being an arsehole. But anyway, so I'm moving to Virginia. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and becoming a football coach. Yeah. So thank, to, to anyone who might be in Virginia listening to this, thank you so much because you don't understand how nice you've been and how it's made me feel really good about You've life. given Hamo an exit strategy. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Let's go, people. I've already got my speech ready. I've already started working on a speech. If they want me to, you know, if they make a big, you know, like the Rose Bowl or whichever bowl they play in. Yeah, I'll, the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no. They, no they're oh, college. college football, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. But I, um, you know, if they want me to come over, I'll give them, I'll give, give them a cross between Friday Night Lights and Al Pacino and any given Sunday. <laughs> this is a game about interest. Um, so, uh, so... Watching the movie this time, uh, and I was thinking, you know, Johansson is unbelievable. It's her finest hour. Like, she is unbelievable in this film. And I would put it up there with, you know, these types of performances are scary because you have to really trust everyone around you so you don't look like a dickhead. And even though these are different kinds of movies, like, there's there's an overlap with this film. But anyway... It reminded me of how I felt when I was a kid and you watched um, Jeff Bridges and Starman. I've never seen that film. Oh, haven't you? No. Uh, well, we should watch Starman. Oh, we'll, we'll yeah, get yeah, to it. Yeah, thank goodness we have this podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, he the way he holds himself and the way he carries himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a... 
he's an alien that crash lands here right. and he takes over the body of a man who just died. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. So and he has to get to a place and he hooks up with um, the wife of the dead man. And so it's, you know, but his performance yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And uh, there's moments in this where... You know, her physicality from the stripping of the dead body to the way she looks at the ant on the edge of her Mm. finger to the way she talks. And then, like, she's so engaging and she's so appealing as a person. And then when she clicks Mm -hmm. and she is someone else and she is not there. And, like, it... It's terrifying. And, and, And again, to correlate again with 2001... Similar acting in the sense of doing so much with doing nothing. Yeah. You know, there's there's a turn she does where she's talking to a guy and she's sweet as pie. Oh, when she's driving? Big smile. Yeah. And then, yes. and then he says something like, oh, I've got, a, I've got friends down there. And she goes, oh, you've got friends. And the way it's like a machine powering down. All yeah. of all of the human expression in, yeah. in a nanosecond is gone. And she's a fucking insect again. Yeah. Just like, just burns off. You yeah. Know, bang. Forget him. No. Too, too many connections. They'll yeah. notice he's gone onwards and upwards. But it's just, it's frightening. It's yeah. frightening. And then also, you know, as we as we move through the movie and she gets more dawning realization, her vulnerability, um, the vulnerability she has in her face when she's looking at herself in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, when she realizes that she doesn't have a vagina. Yeah. It's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. Oh, I want to get to that. Okay. The uh, by the way, the way that she turns off when she realizes that guy has friends you know that is you will see that reaction on me anytime I meet someone and they tell me they're a David Bowie fan and then follow it up with he never did anything better than Labyrinth (laughs) I'm out gone depowered I'm not even gonna eat you I'm just gonna walk into the ocean (laughs) um I think that she deserves an Oscar not just for the performance not just the ability to stay in character not only interacting with real people but the fact that She's doing all of this while driving in another country. Yeah. <laughs> On the like, wrong side of the road. Right. Yeah. Like, just take take everything else into account, and she's doing that. Yeah. So what skill would you be required to do in a movie that would make you panic? Oh, drive. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. have my else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never driven a car before. I, uh, I'm 40 you, years old and I've never driven. <laughs> oh, man. You know, uh, I respect that. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not respectable what at all. What are you talking about? Anyway. I'm like, like, you're actually hanging out with your spirit animal. I'm 49 <laughs> in a week and a half and I still haven't driven either. Um I was watching, uh, uh, for people who were listening to the Leftovers uh, uh, podcast that I've been doing, uh, I watched the finale on Sunday, and all the way through that film, there's a lot of submerging underwater, and that would be... Oh, of course. That would be hard for me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you know, in the back of your head, oh, my God, what happens if I got the perfect role? And they say, right, we need you to drive this car and then we need you to do a forward roll and eat a burger full of meat and then go for a swim. And I'd be like, well, I'm fucked. I guess I can't be the new Batman. Because that's the thing that would hold me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, once again, on this fourth viewing, I'm sitting there and I'm like going, how is she doing this while driving on the other side of the road? So impressive. Um, one of the things that I love about the movie is that real people hold their faces differently to actors it is something I hadn't uh, noticed before but there is a casualness to how they hold themselves which also kind of adds to the surrealness of the film Mm. and what what else do you think like the punters bring 
to this story. It's it's strange because uh, I because I, I don't I'm not actually sure if it's widely known that they're real people. Yes, uh, I don't know that someone watching the movie would automatically go, "Oh, that's not an actor; that's a real person that she pulled up next to." Yeah, but I do think that that. There, there, there's, I, I can't even put words to it, but there is a quality to it that there's a realness to it that I think you subconsciously register. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I think there's a bit of a schism when a couple of them end up in the black room. Yeah. It could make you think, oh, they were actors all along. What you don't realise is they were then told, and yeah. you know, hey, can you get a hard on and be in our movie naked? Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, uh, like, fucking two thumbs up and a clock to those guys who were prepared to do that. 100%. 100%. Um, and forever forever enshrined in one of the most terrifying sequences in oh all of Lord. cinema history. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think... Um, I that, think You know what? That's another thing that I'd be scared of doing. <laughs> oh, you're being butt naked? <laughs> of course. With, the, with an erection. Like, That's the, when was the... I, I can't recall a film I've ever seen an erect penis in that wasn't a porno film. Yeah. It's great. Which and well, also I, once again, like who gives a shit? Like, what, yeah, what, it's so yeah. weird that this is such a thing for us to be. Oh, when was the last time we saw an, a, an erect cock? Which is something that has happened forever. Actually, I lie. Gaspar Noé. Pretty much every Gaspar Noé has an erect fucking ejaculating penis in it. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it never it doesn't feel gratuitous. It's completely yeah. in line with the story. Yeah. It's completely in line with that thing that is I can't say for every male but every male I know and I would say the vast majority that moment where your frontal cortex is no longer in control yeah. and the little brain in the end of your cock is running the show yeah. uh, and it's- so the erect penis is um, completely it doesn't feel gratuitous no. at all it's completely of course yeah of course, they're not. They're, 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 you know, the animals taken over. Man, it's your DNA programming. Totally. I mean, they're in a fucking jet black room singing yeah. into tar, and they don't seem to notice. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the bee walking into the into the Spot. orchid. Yeah, into yeah. The, into the um into the pitcher plant. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Blah, pollen. Blah. Oh shit! I'm drowning. Yeah, this is, this is a disaster. <laughs> Oh my lord! And but yes, I, but to go back to the thing you said, I think the naturalism of the world and the people that she's interacting with um, is the is one of the most beautiful things about the movie. You could have had the arc of her um, gaining her humanity or compassion, whatever you want to say, through very obvious scenes. Mm. I think the naturalism of these real people is again. It goes back to that thing we were saying in that montage of it's actually the mundanity of the goodness of people that is the, tr- the, 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 the true goodness. Yeah. Just the true interaction of walking past, you know, going to the cafe and going, hey man, how, how's your day? Yeah. You know, just the, the simple the simple altruism um, is so much more resonant than um, if the movie was filled with grand acts of kindness. Yeah. And you still, like, you still get stuff like, uh, I, I totally agree with that. And also, you know, you get the kids attacking the fucking van, yeah. which is, you know, that's a pretty creepy scary well, yeah. moment and I don't even really I wouldn't even really say those kids are monsters they're probably just bored and it's a rabble yeah absolutely you know? and and I think it's a really important moment in her arc as a character yeah because the first time she I don't think she actually feels vulnerable yeah because she seems confused at first like what, yeah. what are they doing yeah um, she kind of drives off a little bit annoyed yeah, yeah but I think it's her first moment of like oh yeah that maybe didn't feel great yeah being <laughs> being potentially attacked and 
you know, not being in control of my autonomy. And yeah. fuck, I've been doing that for the last few months. Yeah. Maybe because it is around then that things start to yeah, just slip shift for a little her, bit. A little yeah, shift. yeah, yeah. And then you get, you know, then you get the logger. Oh, <laughs> you know, geez, it is. Yeah. What an interesting character. What do you reckon the logger represents? See, this is, I, I knew we would get to this. And this is one of the things about this movie. I've, as I say, I've seen it probably seven times. I don't know really what to make of that last 10 minutes. Yeah. I still don't. Yeah. And every time I watch the film, I'm like, oh, I'll get it this time. And it's, I, I don't, I, you know, because the reading of, oh, she's been a predator and now she's the prey. I don't think it's that. And if it no. is that, that's a pretty fucking hateful, ugly message. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit simplistic as well for a yeah. movie that's really taking its time and, uh, you know, the subtleties of everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but in lieu of that, I don't know what to make of that ending because it's a, it's a horrific it's ending. Awful. It's awful. Yeah. It's just awful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I do think there's something of her merging with nature. Yeah. I do think that that is, and 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 I don't even really have a more complex way of saying that. But there is the shot where she is in the fetal position, superimposed over all those trees. Yeah, uh, and then I don't think it's a coincidence that they spend a long time that final shot of the ashes. Yeah becoming the snow and the snow and you know all delineation is lost and what is her, what is the ashes of her and what is the snow now it's yeah. just all one it's all matter yeah. uh, I think that is something as well I think if I had a simplistic reading of it she spends the movie half the movie as an alien not connecting with humanity at some point connects with humanity comes to realise that she can never be, be human yeah. uh, and so in the end merges with all things yeah but again i don't which again is what i love about it i yeah. love that i've seen a movie seven times and i don't know what the i don't know what the end means yeah and it's it's kind of like i guess he's a you know he's a bridge between you know humanity and the alien i guess so he's also it's interesting it's like the more human she becomes the more vulnerable she becomes as well yes. so i guess that's uh that's you know the the sex scene is Terrifying, and then the uh, the sex scene she has with the man that she yeah, slightly yeah lives yeah. with for a little while, and then the uh, you know I guess it's all reminders that she doesn't actually fit in because she's actually like she's she doesn't have the actual human instincts to know not to go off into the forest and yeah 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 and you know but she does seem wary of the guy when she first bumps into him yeah. I think, look I think I think it has to be noted that there is definitely you know. Uh, he is a predator, yeah, clearly, and she has been a predator. Yeah, but you look at their methods, and they're very different. Well, her predation is cold, clinical, passionless. Yeah, it is for it's the a job. It's a job. Got to get meat. We eat meat. Got to yeah. get meat. His predation is purely animalistic, yeah. violent, yeah. horrific. Uh, but again, I don't. I don't know what to. I don't yeah. know what to make of yeah. it. Yeah, she she's the guy that works in the abattoir as a job, and he's the guy who fucking got the job because you get to kill cows all day. Well, he's just out the back murdering fucking cats. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, this took a turn. Um, and then you know, and then she's somewhere between the logger and then all those 
motorcycle dudes are you know looking for her mm. at this point and it's it's it shows you that that character was never going to find peace oh she's fucked either way yeah if the logger didn't get her then those guys would have got her and what were they going to do to her like were like you know did that last woman alien you know like if that was a like if that was an alien that yeah. was doing the job beforehand yeah, yeah. do they come in and go uh yeah, you've got sick. Yeah, you I imagine know. they. I imagine they dispatch. Yeah, very quickly. I, 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 very passionless dispatching. Yeah. Um. The uh, the crying baby on the beach. <laughs> this is the last film that I ever watched with my ex. Right. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that's indicative of why we broke. No, we broke up for other reasons. But um, that was the moment where she turned to me and went, I fucking hate you for putting this movie. I hate you for making me watch this movie. It's always good to know where you can get back to that exact point. Oh, yep, there it is. That was it right there. Yeah, the baby. That baby looked... I've never seen a more distressed-looking baby in a film ever. Like, to the point where there's almost a part of your brain going, is this... I don't know how ethical this is. That baby looks really fucking terrified. Did they really leave that baby there for four hours? Um, no, but the, 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 the more chilling part is the way the motorcycle man walks straight past the baby, doesn't even, doesn't even, uh, like the kind of, won't even put it out of its misery. Just, yeah. I'm cleaning up the tent, I'm getting the sleeping bag and I'm yeah. getting the fuck out of here. Yuck. Like, look at that little mule well, fucking cockroach. So it, it's, it's like, Nothing. it's like a bird whistling and yeah. you just keep walking. Yeah, you can't talk. You're no, no danger to me. Oh my Lord. It's such a fascinating scene because it shows you how to make a moment completely alien mm. without resorting to CGI mm-hmm. or a gory scene, you know? Mm. Like, there was... It's just the inner... Like, we don't have kids, right? Mm. But I felt a, a weird, very paternal instinct kick in every time I've watched that scene where mm. it's like, hey, whoa, hey, come on. <laughs> yeah, come no. on, guys. Pick yeah. it up. It's a baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I don't have a baby, but I'd pick up that baby and I'd yeah. say, hey, baby, what's yeah, wrong? Yeah. But no, it's not even veal to them. Oh, my. It's not even veal to them. <laughs> right. Yeah, it would have even made more sense if they thought, well, if we crumb it, we can put it on a burger. <laughs> Far out. Uh, this- Um, There's also the scene uh, That's kind of afterwards Where you see the uh, You see Johansson's alien uh, React to a scream In the car park Mm. to her And that's another one Of the um, Slight moments Where you're going Oh things are changing for her Yeah Like once upon a time She wouldn't have reacted No 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 And and she specifically reacts To a baby crying Yeah A baby in the backseat of a car Yeah And the, the tripping in the street uh, you know, it's an amazing scene. It's great. The way people just come in and and the way she stays in character once mm. again. Like it, it would be very easy to mention every scene and then say how brilliant. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, she's is, yeah, but yeah. It's, uh, but it's 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 that great thing, you know, similar to how you can project so much onto Dave's eyes in two thousand and one. Yeah, you know, I remember the first time I saw this film, and she gets handed the rose covered yes. in blood. Yes. You know, and the first time you watch it, it's like, oh, she's, you know, whatever. She's got blood on her hands and she's noticing that she's got blood on her hands. Right. The more you watch it, the more you, you know, there's oh. everything going on in her head in that moment. Yeah. She's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> full of blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is. It's such a, uh, 
subtle move mm. the way it just moves through these permeations mm. of course uh, getting to the deformed man as mm. he is billed in the in the movie is that's kind of like that's almost the moment of uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way it's like the writer and the director are just like going just in case you're not quite following mm. here's here's something that's also going to have an effect on her but that that, that that whole scene is. I see. I read that differently. I don't think she even recognizes. Cause he has he has neurofibromatosis. Yes. Uh, I don't think that she even sees that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I I agree. To- Sorry, I meant from a storytelling. Oh, from perspective. a storytelling perspective. Yes. Yeah, but for her, no, and don't think she even notices. I, no. I think that, that that she has she does not have our uh, definition of beauty or aesthetics in yeah. any because she never mentions it. Yeah. You know, she even says, why do you go out at night? Yeah. You know, as though, I mean, any human being could understand why he goes out at night because he doesn't want to, he says, people wind me up. Yeah. People would wind him up. There would be fucking assholes all over town going, what's wrong with your face? Yeah. Um, You know, he's a real... Yes, I've got some stuff for uh, later on. Do you know that he has an identical twin brother who doesn't have neurofibromatosis? Mate, uh, it's all in squid bits, ready to go. All right. Um, And, you know, you talk about a brave performance, full frontal nudity, my God. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a a profound scene. Because I always thought, it was only on this rewatch that I was like, oh, she doesn't, she's not recognizing that he has a facial deformity at all. Yeah. Why would she? Why would she? They're all meat. Yeah. So I think the reading that... I've heard people say of like, oh, it's because he's vulnerable and everything that she realizes. No, I think it's because he's the first guy that, not that the other guys are predatory or anything, but they're very like, (laughs) I'm about to get laid. He's the first one that's like, uh, that's expressing true vulnerability in this moment. Yeah. He, and not because he's afraid but because he's lived the life that he has yeah and he's like what what is even happening and you can't if she'd met him earlier mm. he's he's, he's gone. but it's she meets yeah. him at exactly the right point that yeah. what he's uh, exhibiting yeah triggers her she it triggers her and you yeah. know it's um i think it comes after she clocks herself in the mirror after yeah. she's eaten the last guy yeah it happens just after she leads that guy into the room she sees the fly trapped in the light fixture yeah she's had the experience with the blood yeah it's all added up i yeah. don't think it has anything to do with his how physicality. He looks, physicality at all yeah um i think it's just hit that point in the in the story for her yeah um where she acknowledges his vulnerability the yeah. vulnerability of his character and his soul yeah not and, and anything physical and it's a really gentle conversation you know yeah. that draws it out of her it is uh i'm wondering if also so if like you this is interesting i hadn't really thought about this but you know you've got the dudes on the motorbikes mm. and you feel like well why aren't they just getting the meat they look like they're actually better prepared yeah. but i wonder if the aliens that uh the reason they keep like we've seen like we're only going on the evidence of it. the the previous woman looked like she was attractive scarlett johansson is definitively attractive maybe maybe it's you know the testosterone raging through these men that makes the meat even tastier like, do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i also think that the motor got bike men aren't conspicuous when yeah. he comes up to clean up uh after she lets that guy go and motorcycle man arrives to clean up. Yeah, he's not subtle, and that's 
evident in the neighbour who watches the entire thing uh, go down. Yeah, yeah. Punches him in the head, chucks him in the boot of the car and drives off without a, without any kind yeah. of like, oh, fucking, what are you going to fucking do? Yeah. I think uh, their operation would fall apart very quickly if there was those guys going out to get the oh, meat. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is some blunt force trauma yeah. waiting to happen, right? Speaking of, that is one of the, that shot is one of the most chilling fucking things I've ever seen in a film. That yeah. long tracking shot of him just arriving at the house, yeah. punching the window out of the car, walking to the back fence at the exact moment that the guy comes through the fence. Yeah. It's yeah. like, without ever having to state what's going on, just that um, omniscience of knowing the exact moment he arrives is terrifying. Yeah, so gross. And just having the woman... Just watching. Just watching. Just watching. You know, and what does that imply? You know, that she, you know, if, if the gentleman didn't have, um, if his physicality wasn't what he was, yeah. would she have kicked up more of a stink or is it more just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Just taking knows? that guy away. Right. Um, oh, God. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. That's you know, fucking brutal, isn't and it? The way, and the way the sound, that's the, it's the only time in the movie the soundtrack is that. Yeah. It's, yeah. oh, God. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. I can see why you listen to it. Uh, to- <laughs> Chill out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a minus times a minus. It cancels out the horror uh, in my skull. Yeah, no, no. That, actually, that does make sense. Um, watching her try to eat the cake is disheartening oh, as well, isn't God. it? Like, what a... It's such a small scene and you just go, uh, like, that's... Like, before anything actually... Like, before she gets murdered, hmm. that scene is, oh, uh, you... You're in trouble. Yeah. You, if you decide you want to stay here, you. Yeah. And in her inability to realise that maybe she should <laughs> cover up as well, so it's like, oh, <laughs> oh my lord. Um. Then her response to sex. Um. Does she? Okay, so this time when I viewed it, so what? What, what did you think happened there? Because I. I thought she freaked out because of the act of it, but you think she? I don't think she has a vagina. I don't. Yeah, think, I, don't right. I don't think that she's. I don't think there's a hole there. I think oh, it's, right. I think it's a blank space, like a mannequin. Right. Because right. he's trying to put it in, and he's like, "What the? F-? It's like he's hitting a wall." Oh yeah, I just um, thought she was like a virgin. No, I think that she's got yeah. an external vagina, but there's nothing. There's, she's an alien. Why would she have a vagina? Yeah, it doesn't go any further doesn't in. Go any further in? Right. I uh, thought so. This time I was viewing it, I thought that was her reaction to sex, which I don't think is incorrect. I think that she's enjoying... Because the only time she smiles in the film is when they're... Intimate. She looks like she, she looks warm. She looks yeah. comfortable. Yeah, you know, because um, a friend of mine found, thought interpreted the guy that takes her in not as a predator, but taking advantage. I, that's not how I read it at all. I think that he is genuinely taking her in because he sees that she's lost. You know, there might be a thing in the back of his dude brain that's like yeah. maybe this will lead somewhere. Doesn't the guy on the bus say the the bus driver say something to him though? I couldn't understand a fucking word that guy was saying. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, the, it, just the the very subtle touch of the way he bring takes her to her own room, pulls mm. the heater out of the wardrobe, turns it on, gives her a cup of, cup of tea, good night, shuts mm. the door. There's no like, so... Uh, <laughs> I think what happens between them organically unfolds. Mm. Uh, you know, it's debatable whether she's in any kind of state to <laughs> properly consent, but yeah. she doesn't... 
she's shown so much distress in certain sequences up until that moment even when those women um, grab her and try to take her to the party she looks freaked out yeah she doesn't look freaked out when they're in bed together she's smiling yeah at one point she puts her hands on his head and pulls him towards her I think that she wants this to evolve and then in, in her simplistic way, she yeah. kind of knows this is what she's been witnessing and this is what she's been experiencing. Exactly. And now she would like that. This is some human warmth. This is connection. Like, I, I, I want some of that. And then she hits a literal wall in that she doesn't have the right parts yeah there are, there are no parts yeah yeah um, that makes sense and that's why she like like scooches to the end of the bed and like she's pulls the lamp out of the yeah. off the wardrobe and she's inspecting her own genitals yeah like, what the fuck yeah oh i i'm not human yeah i'm not a human being yeah yeah this was meant to do more yeah Can and I- so then it's you know does he kick her out or does she run away i interpreted it as she runs she away, runs away. I think she that's runs what I, away. yeah because she's panicked now yeah. Yeah. and that's part of what sends her in deep into the forest and yeah. like you know how's that for a metaphor mm. oh i don't have a vagina i better go deep into the forest <laughs> um do you want me to tell you something really dark please i once had people listening to this going no oh, maybe not no you're gonna hear it so we're talking about under the skin i once had a a girlfriend of mine tell me <laughs> she i don't know it wasn't uh, I, I need to point out In the lead up to this It wasn't a mood with me But she was in a mood About something mm-hmm. And then we were Watching TV And then she just Turned around to me And she said You know Having sex with a guy Is just like being Stabbed with a dick Over and over <laughs> And um, Suffice to say um, We broke up Not that long Afterwards And I haven't had sex In 27 years <laughs> I don't want to stab anyone. Oh, my God. You know when someone says something to you and you go, well, why didn't you just say maybe you want to break up rather than put that in my head? Like, I'd, I would have accepted that part of the conversation. He's better. But now you've upset me as well. So, anyway. Um, and then, of course, you know, I've got here, do you like the ending? Because, you know, it's like... I don't know. Like, it's... it's I don't know if you can like that ending. I know. Pretty... She's like, let the deformed man live. And now I'm going to go and meet someone. And now I can't have sex. And now I'm going to be murdered alone in a forest. Yeah. That is some pretty dark shit. Yeah. It's a very... Uh, and again, I, I don't know what the great grand revelation of that ending is. Yeah. Um, I know it's yuck. Yeah. Uh, I know it was probably inevitable. This movie couldn't have ended well. It can't end well. It, it doesn't start well. No, you know, like in in, no. a, in a good place. It's no. you know, and what she, and also what the aliens doing is you know not good. No, it's <laughs> well, but it's, that's debatable. Well, yes. I mean, well, is it is I, it any worse than going to the supermarket and buying fucking five kilos of beef steaks and chowing down? Probably not. Well, as a vegetarian, yeah. As a vegetarian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in terms of, like, the circle of life and, you know, predators, you know, eating meat and all the rest. Well, that is is the difference between her and the logger guy, really, isn't it? We kind of touched on that, but she's, you know, she's just buying meat and he's... Because she doesn't, you know, I mean, yes, we can look at it from a human perspective and go, oh, she's murdering human beings and eating human beings. Yeah. She doesn't see them as having any kind of inner life or consciousness 
at all. She's looking at them the way most people look at chickens, going, "Well, you know, fucking." And if you, and if what you're saying is she's from a higher dimension, well, yeah, well, she's like, you know, yeah, it's like you getting upset about getting tuberculosis out in the, <laughs> out on the in plains. The yeah. Oh no, what's going to happen to you? You seem to be <laughs> empathising, but the, um, you know, there's a. I can't remember the name of it, but there was a restaurant that closed recently that's been around for decades and decades, and it's, you know, seen with it closing down in Sydney, it's seen as a symbol of, you know, the the panic that we have of institutions crumbling uh, during this pa- uh, pandemic and lockdown and all this kind of stuff. But it's a place that used to... I only ever went once a long time ago and I sat in there with friends and this is back when I ate meat, so it's a long time ago. And I was sitting in there and there is just fucking lobsters in mm. tiny fucking... Did Doyle's closed down? Yes, that's oh, wow. it. wow. Yeah, so lobsters in, you know... Oh, those fucking fish tanks? Yeah, and they... Isn't that just beyond, it's, beyond? It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Disgusting. I want that one. I want that one. And then oh. there... And so you, getting back to your point of they're killing humans, but, you know to them it's just meat like fucking probably the lobsters sitting there going oh so i'm stuck in this fucking with my claws cage, bound with my claws bound and now i have to watch steve get fucking eaten yeah yeah, yeah, yeah knowing yeah, yeah. that that's my that's next i'm next anyway i was fine with that place closing down oh, i didn't realize it was. Oh, okay yep. right. so i understood it as a metaphor but i was also like oh well hopefully that means some lobsters can fucking run free <laughs> um all right Let's uh, a few more segments to finish off this chat. Uh, this is the segment Who and How. Which character do you think you would be, and how would you react in their place? <laughs> uh, at a certain point in my life, I would have been the guy walking dick first into the ooze, no yep. doubt. Yep. No doubt. Uh, well, I, I couldn't. I could not stop laughing this time watching that. Where it's like, oh, I've I've been there. Yeah, down you go. First down the you go. The Ben Elwood story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except my my except I was the guy who knew I was walking into the blackers and right. did it anyway. Yeah. Oh, this looks dangerous. Might as oh, well keep well, going. Uh, coming feels nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and no, I'd be that guy, and I probably would react very the same. But these days. I don't know. I'd like to think I'd be the German backpacker that had run into the ocean to help the drowning dog. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be any of the men that she picked up because I'd look and think immediately, she's too hot. She's going to kill me. <laughs> and she's in a white van. And she's in a white van. <laughs> this is... Uh, she's way too hot to be nice to me for no reason. So I'm about to end up as a snack yeah. and I am going to not get into this van. Um, I think I'd be... I'd be one of the motorbike riders, but I don't know how to ride a motorbike. So I'd be doing it all on a push bike, and this movie would have taken ages. And I'd also be a lot sweatier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think you'd be as intimidating. Hey, hey. Are you feeling things? Yeah. What, what are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> but, I, would, so, I would have picked up the baby. That's nice. Yeah. Before we move on. And then we, put, put the baby on my push bike. Like, <laughs> and then I'd look like Henry Thomas and E.T. <laughs> we haven't... We, one thing we do need to mention that we hasn't... Probably, the, uh, hands down, the most nauseatingly terrifying thing I've ever seen in a movie... Yeah. ...is the very, very famous scene for anyone that has seen the film of the guy meeting what he is about to come become in the black ooze oh yeah fuck the, the, i can't believe i've have i by the way if i've missed anything else no, you no, want no, to please. talk about bring that up. is 
it doesn't matter how many times I see that scene, oh. I want to fucking vomit every time. It's just awful. awful. It is awful. Yeah. The way that the, the way that empty skin reaches out yeah. and then that that boom sound effect as it suddenly like folds in on itself. Oh. Even the first time I saw the movie when I hated it, that scene was yeah. just like, oh, get fucked. And you know that guy... Fuck off. That guy ended up like as the equivalent of fucking chicken loaf yeah. to the aliens. It's just... You know, not, not even... Oh. Talk about talk about an effect that, you know, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't cheap, but it definitely wouldn't have been... That's not like some CGI city blowing up. It's a yeah. fairly simple practical effect yeah. of, you know, latex skin... Just floating around in black water. Oh my god! What an what an image! What a sequence! Just it is chilling to the core. It is so gross, and I've just had all the hairs on my arm stand up. And I can't believe I didn't put it down in the questions thing. But I think in hindsight, at this precise moment, it creeps me out as well, and that's mm. why I had just chosen to forget it. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know in any in any movie I've ever seen if a moment's got literally gotten under my skin like that before. Like yeah. not in the shining, not in nothing. Has it, it it like has it just stuck That's probably the scene that made me return to the film. Yes. The oh, so that's kind of the scene just, that was kind of haunting I you on the periphery. I couldn't get it out of my fucking head. Yeah. Like, oh, yuck. Yeah. You know, and and it's all the elements. It's that it's that and that simple act of humanity of just the two strangers reaching out to each other, yeah. you know, and the surreality of it. And like, what is even like, ugh. and then the way it suddenly jump cuts to the, the gore and the blood going down the drain. Yeah. And the music's like, clang, 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 clang. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is a lot going on, isn't it? Far out. What a, what a good film. Great um, fucking movie. Okay. Segment, better or worse. Ruin or improve the movie with one decision. <laughs> Ruin the movie by making it uh, more um, uh, overt. The, the ambigu- along with uh, yes. much like two thousand one again, the ambiguity is what makes the film. If the movie yes. spelled things out more, it would fucking suck. So I wrote for you that this, we're both on the same wavelength with this. Uh, I'd have the alien make friends with a person, uh, maybe the man with the facial disfigurement, and I'd give him a speech where he says that people shouldn't be judged by what they look like. Yeah, yeah. You need to look under, under the, the skin, skin to really understand people. <laughs> and then she goes out. You're right. I shouldn't eat people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, yes, I think the, uh, the the mystery of it is what is the most delicious part of this film. Here's, here's a... Here's a f- like I've just thought of this now, who who could have played this role, and who shouldn't play this role? Scarlett Johansson, the, yeah, the Scarlett like, Johansson part, role. I, I think she's pitch perfect. Oh yeah. So, but uh, who else could have played the role, and who would have been like who would have been the worst person to? I think anyone that would have gone for like obvious, like sexuality or sensuality wouldn't have been great. Yes. Uh, yeah, being too overt. Yeah. Is... So I don't know. Like I, I, I mean, I'm not on top of. Emily Blunt might have been pretty good, like because Emily, Emily Blunt Blunt's been... got a you know she's she's pretty but she has a really interesting uh, face yeah, and yeah, yeah. also is a really good actor. I could imagine her like she's physically and everything. I think she'd be pretty good. Yeah. I like Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily Blunt's great. Um, Rebel Wilson. Oh, Jesus Christ! <sighs> Come on, man. <laughs> What about what about Nicole Kidman? Where do you stand on the Nicole Kidman? I oh, see. I like Nicole Kidman. So do I. But I don't think Nicole Kidman could have p- 
pulled this one off. I think Nicole Kidman's uh, when when Nicole's at her at her weakest as a performer, it's that overt coldness, and I think she would have been too cold for this role. And I think and someone like Angelina Jolie would have been too sexy. Uh, I was going to ask you where, like, I feel like Jolie could have. I think she could have done it, but Johansson's perfect. Maybe, maybe Nicole Kidman. Uh, you know that I rewatched Eyes Wide Shut Ooh, recently, and great film. I, I haven't flipped on something like that since we did On the Rocks. I, uh, <laughs> but but the first time I saw that, I've only ever seen that film twice, and the first time I saw it, I was like, God, yeah, what, what's going like on with Nicole Kidman? And then this, this time I watched it, I was like, Oh no, she's a genius, and I yeah. have no idea what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, but Johansson, pitch perfect. Oh, yeah. Even even the size of her and everything, you know, oh. it's just and 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 the fucking chutzpah to do this movie in between Captain American movies. Come on, oh yeah, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. Yeah, she deserves like more respect, and I, I hope she is. Um, it feels like she's on the precipice of doing something really fucking great again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hope like, she backs uh, away. I hope now that she's done her Black Widow movie yeah. that she backs away from franchises and, yes. you know, you got your billion dollars, you're yeah. good. Go go be fucking Daniel Radcliffe and Robert Patterson and just go and do yes. cool, yes. beautiful indie well, A24 movies. You, you know that's in her DNA. Like, she yeah. like she recorded that Tom Waits album. Yeah, and you she know, was doing like Coen Brothers movies. And, yeah, yeah, she's, you know, she's more interesting yeah. and... Uh, uh, I would like to see what she does next. Uh, two more segments. Uh, the Goldilocks rating. Is this movie optimistic, pessimistic? <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> Fucking nihilistic. What are you talking about? Well, is it because there is like... I feel like it's right in the middle because some... Like, there's lots of people being really nice. Yeah, it. but ultimately she set on fire and her ashes <laughs> the final shot of the movie. Like, ultimately, yeah. ultimately, the worst of humanity wins out. Yeah. At the end of this film. Yeah. You know, yes, we do see acts of kindness, acts of sincerity. I think the movie would have been optimistic if... Actually, no, it would have sucked. Oh, yeah. If the guy would be like, well, you don't have... You're an alien without a vagina, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah let's, let's watch Let's watch Tommy... What's that Tommy? What's that comedian they're watching with the fez? Oh, yeah. 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 That, 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 that. yeah. that guy. We'll just watch that guy. Tommy Cooper. Tommy Cooper. We'll watch yeah. Tommy Cooper and we'll just have a nice life together. Then you'll be like, all right, but... Uh, well, that's another way to ruin the film is a, a sequel. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, you know... Uh, uh, out of the skin, under the skin too, yeah, where yeah. she has her alien baby. <laughs> they do what they did to Arnold Schwarzenegger in that disgusting new Terminator Genesis film. Have you seen that? Uh, where, where they turn him into a husband and a father, the Terminator. Uh, who runs a curtain supply store. <laughs> Why? You, you are saying lots of words to me. That you haven't seen that movie. I, is that the one with Matt Smith in it for 15 seconds? No, no. It's the one. It's the the, the newest one. Terminator. Nah, it's the one with Sarah Connor being like uh, doing a riff on what Jamie Lee Curtis did in the new Halloween. Oh, so right. So being like the older badass. And it's like uh. you don't need to. She was a badass all along. She yeah. was fucking awesome. Yeah. Why doesn't. What's happened to Linda Hamilton over the years? Like she. Um, anyway, probably a, a subject for another time. But mm. yeah, she was. Like, like, remember, yeah. remember the first time you saw the scenes for Terminator 2 and you were like, what happened to Fucking her? awesome. Yeah, amazing. We'll get to that movie one day. And Ooh. then, uh, yes, and okay, 
Terminator Genesis. Is that what you're saying? We'll just go straight no, to that no, one. No, fuck Terminator Genesis. <laughs> fuck Terminator Genesis. Thank God we've got a podcast that covers a lot of great movies, so we can Terminator avoid One, that stuff. Terminator Two. That's it. Yeah. You don't need any more. Um, and then the last segment is sum it up. What does this movie mean to you? Um, this movie means to me that outstanding ambigu- ambiguous works of art can still be made in yeah. our time. Yeah. And it looks great. Yeah. I can't imagine a time where this movie won't look great. Yeah. Again, in that, you know, to keep harping on about 2001, but, you know, so many movies of the 2010, like a lot of those movies you read out before, they're great movies, but in a lot of them in 15 years will look like dog shit. Rise of the Planet of the Apes will look like dog shit in 15 years. All movies that rely heavily on CGI. I mean, I do, I believe that the era of films from say 2020, 2000 to maybe 2013 are the most aesthetically ugly period of movies ever. Right. It's awful. It's that grey-blue colour palette. It's ropey CGI. Yeah. Um, the fact that this movie is all practical, it's class, it's clean. I can't imagine a time where this won't look great. Yeah. Um, and that heartens me a lot. That a yeah. movie, A movie that's this... Um, potentially confrontational, potentially hateful to people. Most people I know did not enjoy this the first time they watched oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had a real ugh, reaction yeah. to it. It's got some weird reviews online as yeah. well, yeah. which was, you know, a lot of, lot of people just being angry. <laughs> yeah, no, but I get it. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I, get it. I mean, I was angry when I saw it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's really challenging. Yeah. It's really, um, you know, I mean... I don't know why I decided, like, you've got to, because I, I, so often with people, I'm like, you have to watch this movie. And it's like, maybe, why are you making them watch this movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, of all the films. But it's, uh, you know, it gives, it, it's, um, you know, whenever people talk about, you know, cinema's dead. And look, cinema is dead in the sense of, you know, you're never going to go to a fucking multiplex again and see posters for an indie film. Yeah. That's done. That's, yeah. you know, but. You know, it's still it'll evolve. Great shit being made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a really nice way of looking at it. For me, the movie is um, essentially most people are really nice, but be careful out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and don't get into white vans with strangers. Don't get into white vans with strangers, even if it's a hot alien. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some squid bits for you. Every castle in Scotland was looked at for a scene when a castle interior was needed. Uh, the Black World or Void was created on a stage on black glass. Wow. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, Hieronymus Bosch and Peter Bergel, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Peter Bergel, the elder uh, artist who informed the visual aesthetic of the film, which was kind of fun to go and look and go, mm. oh, okay. You know, like even, not that I necessarily saw a direct correlation, but just, oh, I can get the feel of it. Um, the film was shot chronologically apart from the moment that the alien is caught and revealed. So, but all of that was done in order. Uh, the forest was so dense, they had to cut off the tops of 20 trees to allow light in for filming. So yeah. it's like, no wonder like- that forest is so fucking scary. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were times the camera crew would shoot 30 minutes of unbroken takes with eight different cameras rolling at once to capture all of that stuff. Yep. Uh, director 
Jonathan Glazer took a cue from Sasha Baron Cohen and the docu com- comedy stylings of Borat. Oh, of course. Yeah, so that's that's funny, isn't it? Mm. Uh, differences to the book because mm-hmm. it was a book first. Uh, the woman's named in the book. Uh, her name is uh, I think it would be pronounced Isolay. The skin they give her to appear human is painful. So that's a painful experience for right. her, okay. which is, uh, which, uh, so this time when I watched it, I felt like, oh, it's a higher dimension coming into our dimension. And then when I read that, it kind of fed into yeah. that a little bit. It was like, oh, yeah, because you're taking a five dimensional person and squeezing them into a three dimensional mm, thing. Origamiing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great way of putting it. Um, you know, it's almost like, you know, the flashes suit coming out of the mm. ring you know uh they also in the book give her large breasts to lure the men so you know that kind of i'd forgotten that but that kind of fits into the get the testosterone up to make that meat fucking yeah, tasty yeah, sure uh her job in the novel is to hunt for humans because to her alien race the meat of humans is considered a delicacy right wagyu right i'm feeling um you know what? It's my birthday. I might treat myself to uh, a human stew. Human loin. Yeah. <laughs> um, in particular... Yeah. Sorry, you know that there are some cannibal um, tribes uh, that refer to human flesh as a long pig. Oh, long pig. Long oh, pig. Right. You ever heard that phrase? Like... Apparently we taste very similar to pork. Oh, right. Really? Long pig. Long pig. <laughs> wow. That is... Uh, wow. So do we crackle? I would say so. There's a lot of subcutaneous fat under the skin, sure. Goodness, wow. That is uh, long pig. (laughs) My friend Brett Wheeler, who's six foot ten and works out in the, uh, with the Aboriginal communities out in uh, Western Australia Mm. and all of those places, uh, they call him Long Grain. Long Grain? Long Grain. That's great. <laughs> That's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in the book, she, uh, she hunts for muscly men and takes them back to a meat processing farm for consumption. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, in the book, another alien thinks what they do is cruel and easily not only starts to agree, but is attracted to this other alien because of that. Right. So, uh, so that was uh, it's all fascinating to yeah. kind of see what they kept and what they didn't keep. Yeah. And you, like, I like the they obviously stripped the novel bare for this movie, yeah. which is seems like seems like the correct balance. Strip the novel, keep it to its basics. So then, if you go and read the novel, you get extra. Well, another great correlation with two thousand and one. Oh yeah, you know, a lot of answers in the novel. Yeah, not necessarily as overt in the film. I love how those four two thousand one novels don't. Like they all kind of tell one story, but Arthur C. Clarke every time technology mm, improved, mm. he would just improve it. So mm. they don't they don't quite match up yeah. perfectly. It's fine, which is fine. Yeah, I, I think that's a more interesting way to go. Adam Pearson, who plays the deformed man, was twenty seven when he made the movie. He's now thirty six. Mm. Uh, he suffers from you said it before neurofibromatosis, neurofibromatosis type one which causes uh, tumours to grow on nerve issues. So he hit his head one day as a kid. Oh. And then that's, you know, and it didn't uh, fit. Oh, um, but it's, it's what John Merrick had. Oh, is right, yeah. right. So uh, you said something interesting, which kind of contradicts stuff that I was reading about him. Uh, he has an identical twin brother, Neil. Mm. 
he does suffer from the same condition, but it manifests differently. Oh, okay. He doesn't have his 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 doesn't have the facial genes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I saw a. It was it was a very beautiful but very confronting documentary about uh, this g- gentleman, uh, and he. They actually ask him. Right. I mean, how, I mean, it's 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 a fucked up question to ask, but obviously it's what everyone's thinking. Like, how's that go for you? You know, looking at yeah. your identical twin brother who doesn't have facial tumors and seeing what you would look like if you didn't have yeah. this condition. And he's very zen. He just says, you know, like, I don't believe in wishing for a life that you don't have. This is the life I have, and I have to make the best of this situation. <laughs> this is the situation I'm in. Uh, and he's yeah. a huge activist. Yeah. He's a huge activist yeah. in England. Um, yeah. Really, and really funny, self-effacing, great guy. I mean, I, I, I feel like a fucking awful condescending asshole even saying, oh, he's a really fucking interesting guy. No, no, no. But As I d- though his, his, his condition defines everything about him. It doesn't. No. But, you know, of course, we are humans who are curious about... These things, if for no other reason than we project ourselves into a situation like that and wonder yes. what it would be like, um, you know. Um, and but he he does seem to have a very healthy perspective on it. Yeah, I, I read a few interviews with him as well, and mm. uh, you know we could fucking a lot of us could learn some lessons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the screenwriter Walter Campbell originally pitched the idea with the family at the beach having them all die. He's going to have them all die. And uh, Jonathan Glazer thought that was too dark, so they went with the screaming child. <laughs> it was less dark yeah, <laughs> to leave the baby alone screaming on the yeah. beach than to just to put it out of its misery. My well, God. Well, they also... Uh, because you know why? Even, <laughs> because, because you know why? Because even if the child... Like, someone will find the child. Maybe he might die of exposure by morning. Who the fuck knows? Okay, that's a good point. No, that's pretty. It's the middle dark. of the fucking night, and it's in the middle of Scotland. It's freezing. Yeah, this fucking. Do you see all the mist whipping off the ocean? No, that kid's <laughs> dead. The kid's dead. That kid's dead. <laughs> that kid is dead. And dead in the most horrific, terrifying. You know, something awful, that because they never say on the news report. No, they they mention it later. Yeah, his body's washed up. They never say. Oh, and a child was found on the beach and is now in the care of the state. No, the kid's dead. No, you're right. High tide comes in and washes the kid away. Jesus, shit. (laughs) You know, here's here's a... um, People might be offended by this, but this makes me laugh. Uh, Adam Richard and I go for walks every Saturday around Randwick, etc. And without fail, people are fucking dropping stuff left, right and centre. Like, all the time. Like, no, 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 like not deliberately by accident they're dropping stuff and then you're walking along and every time I look down and I see like a a baby shoe I'll go I'll just look at Adam and go dead and then I'll keep walking past and you'll see a dummy dead and then or then someone's left like a bag like on a tree you know they've obviously put it up to tie something or you know and then they've left the tree and I'll go fuck they're even bragging about it you know (laughs) anyway it's a very funny dark joke that we keep making and that baby is being washed out to see um it was a stormy week too when they filmed that scene. They had really strong swimmers, but it was actually scary. Out How of the water. fuck did they shoot that scene? Yeah, so they—that's all I could think the whole time. It's like, dude, that dog is out in the middle of those crashing waves. How oh, the yeah. fuck is that dog not? Yeah. In massive danger. And they deliberately. Uh, I was reading how they deliberately filmed it from afar to so you and because the background is rigid. Yeah, which makes you know the sea look even more yeah. explosive but like, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they all have flotation devices and yeah but they said but it was all it's scary they said it was scary to even do that so. yeah um 
Glazer said that the hardest part of the film was to chart her transition as of empathy and understanding started to attach to the sentient being. Uh, they didn't want it to be something that turned on one moment, which is what we've already discussed it. So thank goodness. Like that's another way to ruin the film. Mm. Awful, 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 awful. Hey, I just pulled something out of your paw. But mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the nightclub scene was filmed on a Friday night in Glasgow and it was, according to them, a hair raising experience to follow an A-list star around without a safety net. Yeah, of Once course. again, you're handsome. Fuck. Well, it, but from what I've read, she was very rarely recognised. Yeah, yeah. That's it, what I've heard. Yeah. Because it, it's so incongruent and out of context. If a yeah. white van pulls up, even if you're like, oh, you look heaps like Scarlett Johansson, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's definitely Scarlett Johansson talking in an English accent, pulling up, asking me for directions. But also, if like Scarlett Johansson was here and I did not know who, she, uh, like, yeah. I, I hadn't been introduced to her or whatever, yeah. like... I'm not used to looking at her face normally. I'm used to looking at her face on a six metre yep. high screen yep. where, you know, one cock of the eyebrows moving three metres. Yeah, like, exactly. You exactly. Know, so. and, and the hair's different and the makeup's yeah. different. I mean, you could you could you can see how she was able to navigate yep. uh, fairly anonymously. Although the scene where she trips over in the street did make the media. There, yeah, were, there right. were stories in gossip magazines. Scarlett Johansson fell over in the street. All oh, right. Well, it's funny. That's my next uh, squid bit. She did that scene six times. Right. Six proper falls. Six times. Mm. People helped her up. Of course they did. Yeah. Because people aren't that bad. Um, part of the aesthetic of filming with real people is because it is a movie about what people are like when they don't know mm. that they're being observed. Once again, just it really points out acting doesn't it mm. like we're just seeing how people who don't know they're being filmed and just the way your face is so casual yeah, yeah. and uh, recently i worked on something where someone was being filmed and it, it was something that they hadn't really done a lot of and i could see mm-hmm. they kept they kept i knew that they were really self-conscious of the way they look because every time they said a line they returned to the same face and physical movement yeah yeah, it's interesting. I was um, for the Cats podcast I did. I spoke to the um, head uh, ballet dancer at the London Ballet Company. Yeah, the guy who played Skimble Shanks in the movie for any Cats fans. Uh, and I was asking him, you know, d- d- when you dance, because dancing is so foreign to me. Uh, you know, do you go into flow state? Like, are you aware of the move that you're about to make, or does just the muscle memory kick off? And he, he said, yeah, absolutely. Except when I know when I'm being filmed. When I know it's being right. filmed for Blu-ray, yeah. I can't get out of my fucking head. Yeah. It's just, you know, oh my God. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the same with comedy. Yeah. Oh, there's someone important in the audience tonight. Oh, fuck. How do I be funny? Yeah. <laughs> how does this joke go? Yeah. Where does the joke go in? Shit, I just oh, fucked up the opportunity. Hang on. <laughs> Am I talking still? I'm on stage. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I knew that feeling. Um in an article I read, Adam Pearson and Scarlett Johansson had a competition to see who could tell the most inappropriate jokes. According to the journalist, Adam won, but Scarlett put up a good fight. <laughs> and the journalist also wrote that the jokes in question are eye-wateringly unrepeatable. Great. And I love that... It makes me love her even more. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, oh, she sounds great. Yeah. So that brings us to the end. And uh, do you have any other thoughts? No. Uh, everyone should watch this film more than once. Yes. Uh, well, not everyone. If You know, some it- people shouldn't watch this movie. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I, think it's, I think it is a true 21st century masterpiece. Yeah. I really do. I think if you 
I think if you're curious, give yourself a a few weeks. Like watch it, have a think, mm-hmm. then give it another go. Just yeah, you know, if you have the time and the inclination, yeah, I think you will get more out of it, even if you enjoy it the first time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely uh, as as I've said, there's when you know what's actually going well, kind of when you know what's going on. Uh, there's some there's some moments and some cuts that are true, <laughs> truly confronting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought we'd finish this one with a quote from Adam Pearson. Uh, there is a lot of fear around the unknown. If I can try to be as normal as possible and show there's nothing to fear, either on film or day-to-day, going around the corner to go shopping for milk, then the more people see it in wider society, the less stigma there is. 100%. If I just sit at home and mope, hugging the dog and crying, nothing's going to change. Oh, buddy, what a fucking legend. Yeah. What a guy. God, that makes me feel like a piece of shit every time I've walked down the street going, I feel fat. Everyone's looking at... No, they're not. <laughs> they're no, really not. It's fine. <laughs> I am going to steal some of those words, though, and start a new podcast called Hugging the Dog and Crying. <laughs> the Justin Hamilton story. The Justin Hamilton story. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. To Benjamin Elwood for being my partner in crime on this limited series. And uh, thank you very much to you for listening to our latest episode of Space Policy. We'll be back next Thursday in this feed with our next science fiction classic, the Pixar masterpiece, Wally. I know you've gone 2001, then you've gone into the weirdness of Under the Skin, and now we're going to the animated world, like we have meticulously put together this limited series of science fiction films. So you're not getting any two that are in a similar ballpark in a row. We're going to be keeping you slightly off balance. So, oh, I'm so excited for this. I'm really into this. Uh, if you haven't seen Wally before, or maybe you haven't seen it in a while, that means you have about a week to, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, to check it out. Uh, come over to our Facebook page and let me know your thoughts about Under the Skin, 2001, Wally. I'd love to hear your take on the science fiction films or anything that we talk about on this podcast. Uh, one more big shout out to Liz, our Patreon subscriber for the episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode, Liz, and uh, let's have a chat soon. May- Keep keep feeding my cat envy. <laughs> uh, remember, if you'd like to sign up to the Patreon and uh, would like to have an episode dedicated to you, along with a bunch of bonus treats, head over to the site and look for Justin Hamilton Big Squid. We're only two weeks in. We have some big plans that we'd love to have you join our fantastic community uh, so you can experience them as well. If money is tight, and I totally get it, Uh, But sometimes you want to say thanks in a different way that doesn't cost anything. And, you you know, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, they're so lovely and they talk about the work that uh, my friends and I have been putting into the podcast. Don't stress. Do not put yourself under any financial duress. Just uh, help us out with a top review at Apple Podcasts or even just a recommendation of the podcast to some like-minded listeners, some of your friends, you know, the friends that are cool, the friends that would enjoy what we're doing here. That's enough. That's fine as well. Uh, Look, I know we've already heard the quote from Adam Pearson with Ben, but uh, I just thought I was going to get you a different quote. And then I thought, uh, I just kind of love it so much. I'm going to repeat it before I leave. So Adam Pearson said, 
There is a lot of fear around the unknown. If I can try to be as normal as possible and show you there's nothing to fear, either on film or day to day, going around the corner to go shopping for milk, then the more people see it in wider society, the less stigma there is. If I just sit at home and mope, hugging the dog and crying, nothing's going to change. Oh, far out. Ah, that hurts me. But it's very beautiful. I hope you're well. Look after yourself. I'll be back next week. Until then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.